Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the editor-in-chief of the journal. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kuo Chen Liao, who is someone I met at Chenggong Memorial Hospital in Taipei, Taiwan, roughly six years ago. Kuo Chen is a geriatrician and a clinician educator at Chenggong Memorial Hospital and also assistant professor at Chenggong University, the College of Medicine, again, both in Taipei. And I asked Kuo Chen to have a conversation with me because he and his co-authors have a paper coming out in the November 2023 issue of Medical Education that is titled Striving to Thrive or Striving to Survive, Professional Identity Constructions of Medical Trainees in Clinical Assessment Activities. Which I'm very nice to see you again, and thanks for making the time to talk to me. Yes. Thank you for inviting me to join this podcast. I'm Kuo Liao, and I'm honored to be part of the guest to this podcast community. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure for me as well. And and I want to ask you first of all, there's obviously a large literature on professional identity, and medical education probably has focused most extensively over the course of history on assessment. But there haven't been a lot of papers that have pulled professional identity and assessment together. What was it that led you to believe that clinical assessment was an important area to continue exploring how professional identity is formed? In the past decades, I think a lot of educational reforms in Taiwan, we adopted the Western competence-based medical education reforms, and we try to integrate a lot of assessment into our curriculum, try to ensure the outcomes of our education. And recently, we try to advocate facilitating professional identities. It's probably the ultimate goal of medical education. And we have to ensure that our future doctors have the feeling and acting or doing, um, being like a doctor. So I think in addition to develop their competencies through the various assessment work, I think it is very important for us to understand how these assessment work influence their development of being a doctor. In, in the paper, you describe the assessment activities as being social interactions. And you talk about how identity is constructed dynamically through that. Can you explain in brief what the assessment protocol looked like that you were studying in this context? How are people assessed clinically in your institution? In Taiwan, we have the six-year medical degree curriculum. And in the last two years, year five, in year six, the student go to the clinical place and have different placements across different disciplines. And at the end of each placement, they have to receive end of assessment activities, such as the mini CX, ASCII, and the more DOPS, direct observation procedure skills. Also, with some traditional written tests, but there are many different kinds of assessment. With the reforms of competence-based approach in our institution, so I think because I'm a clinician educator and I also have two different levels of trainees and also engage in some formal assessment activities. 
as an assessor, I think for the trainees, they have to face a lot of different kinds of assessment throughout their training. And sometimes I wonder how they feel in that kind of assessment context. And I'm also curious about how this kind of looks like a bunch of assessment activities for them can influence their learning medicine. Yeah. So looking across all those activities, you recruited 28 trainees, 23 students and five postgraduate trainees, which by itself is a very big number for a qualitative study. But as I understand it, you then interviewed all 28 people three times and reviewed longitudinal audio and written diaries across nine months. It's a massive amount of data that you collected for this study. How did you enable that? What motivated participants to spend so much time with you? I think most of the trainees, when we interact with them in the clinical environment, I think they are eager to learn more from the clinicians and especially for the junior ones, they were very excited to learn medicine in compared to the undergraduate curriculum. So I think when we recruit these participants, we try to let them know that they will face a lot of different kinds of assessment activities, but we are really cared about how do they feel or how about their experience with these assessments. So I think that was kind of a dialogue and try to let them know that this kind of assessment or we really care about how this kind of assessment impact their learning. So we try to send the reminders to remind them it's time to send your audio diaries or you can just jot down some short written reflections after you just engage in some clinical assessment activities. We will appreciate your engagement and let us know how to improve our overall assessment system or try to organize future or make improvement in our assessments. Yeah. And it clearly worked to get that many people engaged deeply enough to participate in so many stages. As you took in all that data, you described the approach as being discursive and narrative. And you also describe focusing on characters and how they're constructed in the narratives. Uh, do you mind just explaining what that means to our listeners? How did you go about extracting the characters per se through your linguistic analysis? First of all, in this study, we think the identities is not only the mental representation or social categorization. One of our professor, Lin Monroe, and we have been discussing about the notion of identity. And in this study, we regard identity is not a fixed one, but rather is a fluid and non-static transformation throughout the learning context or in different kinds of situation. So we adopt the discursive approach in this study, try to collect the experiences of trainees when they engage in clinical assessment activities and let them narrate their stories. And from these stories, we try to test out the different plot lines of the story and how this story unfolded throughout these assessment events and how the trainees position themselves with 
different kinds of characters and how they react and interact with the assessors in that situation. So through this kind of positioning analysis from the plot lines and to identify different positions they narrate themselves or the position their assessors in that context, we can understand the fluid changes of the identities they position themselves and understand how these kind of stories happen. Yeah. In looking through the stories and the plot lines, the title of the paper indicates that sometimes people were striving to thrive, to grow, and other times they're striving to survive, to just get through the assessments. How did those observations lead to the identification of character tropes? What sort of characters did people identify as they described their interaction with the assessments? When we interview our participants, we found that actually learning medicine is a striving journey for participants, and everybody wants to get more competence or they want to be more competent in dealing with different kinds of patient situations. So they want to acquire better skills and better knowledge they can apply to patient care. So in this kind of clinical environment, when we want to assess the outcome of training, for example, in the first exemplary narrative, Striving to Strive, the learner prepared herself to gain more mastery of clinical skills, how to take the patient history, how to do the physical examination, how to interview the patients, and how to get a clinical diagnosis. And it's through the preparation for the assessment, she was eager learner to gain more competence so that he can be a better doctor in the future to help the patient. And in that context, the OSCE assessors just try to give her feedback after she has done the station and ask her, why didn't you spend so much time on the physical examination? It's just one tick box in the checklist. And the assessor has different agenda with the learner because the learner wants to perform what she has learned to do a good job in treating the patients. But the assessor just wants her to fulfill every part of the checklist. So I think the different positions of the learners and the assessors we can see from the narrative that there's a mismatch of their agenda. And this kind of feelings may frustrate the learner because he thinks the assessment can be a validation activity of her learning. But from the perspective of the assessor, he just wants the learner to pass through the checklist boxes. Yeah. And I know that's just one example, but returning to the research question, how did a mismatch like that influence the learner's construction of identity? What from your observations helps you to answer that question about how professional identity is formed through these interactions? 
I think through these interactions, the learner get the feedback or guidance from the assessors that can help them to strengthen their identities to become an eager learner, to learn more clinical skills or become more competent in the future through that kind of experience. But if the learner interact with an assessor who neglect their learning needs or have different kinds of goal in that assessment activities, for example, in the second narratives, the assessors ask the learner to submit a huge amount of medical assignments, but the assessors was deemed as perfunctory because he won't have enough time to see all the assignments. And that just kind of a perfunctory manners and that would lead the learner to regard this kind of uh, assessment being meaningless or pointless. And the learner won't pay more attention or put efforts to fulfill the requirements, but he just copy and pass the records. And this kind of interaction with the assessors or even the assessment system or the organizational policies, learners just want to survive. And through the assessment work, rather than try to harness these assessment activities to help them to develop their professional growth. Yeah. And again, I'll encourage our listeners to go to the paper to get some additional examples and to see how this plays out. Because as you know, there's a number of implications that might come from those sorts of disconnects between what learners are expecting and what they encounter. And it certainly does prompt one to think carefully about how assessment practices might need reconstructed to try to help to continue, you know, people develop identity that's going to yield strong practice as a physician. As I alluded to earlier, it's an amazing amount of work you put in. I didn't give the actual numbers, but 60 interviews and 133 diaries is a lot of data to analyze. So you should feel very proud and be congratulated on such a massive effort. Yeah, it's really a lot of data, but through the lenses of social constructionism and positioning theory, we try to come to our conclusion that not only the identities constructed through these assessment activities, but also how this identity was constructed by the learners. And we further think that it's not only the learner or the assessors influence their construction of identities, but also in the broader social implications. So I think as educators, when we try to implement different kinds of curriculum or try to design our assessment uh, program, I think this data can help us to reflect on what's the goal of this assessment and what's the main goal of our training program. And I think we put a lot of efforts on how to make the assessment more valid or validity or reliability. But in the real world, I think the assessment is a social practice or even a political act. And I think it may hamper the development of our learners in their medical training. Very wise observations and opens up an entirely new line of conversation. So I think we're going to leave it at that and direct listeners to the paper if they want to get more of those details. So just as a reminder of how to find it, the paper's title is 
striving to thrive or striving to survive, professional identity constructions and medical trainees in clinical assessment activities. The author you've been listening to is Kuo Chen Liao, and you'll find the paper in the November 2023 issue of Medical Education. Thanks, Kuo Chen, for such an interesting conversation. Thank you very much. 